Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Mercedes Williamson. Friday, May 30th, 2015. Luce Dell, Mississippi. It's May of 2015 in the Bible Belt of Loosedale, Mississippi. 17-year-old Mercedes Williamson, a transgender female, had been in a relationship with her boyfriend, 28-year-old Joshua Vallum. The two had hit it off online March of 2015. The two had began a sexual relationship a monogamous dating relationship as well. Joshua was a member of the Latin Kings, a Southern extension from its West Coast roots, but nonetheless, he still had those ties in the South to the Latin King gang. He went by the name King Chaos. It was May 30th of 2015. Memorial Day had just ended the weekend prior and Josh wanted to take Mercedes to Loosedale, Mississippi to meet his dad. Josh was really excited. He got the opportunity to meet 
and show off his girlfriend. Or so that was the plan. Well, according to Joshua, they get Toulouse-Dale, Mississippi from Gulfport, Alabama, which is where they were residing. And they get into an argument, maybe about 10 minutes from Josh's dad's house. And the next thing you know, Mercedes gets out the car, walks away, and that's the last time she is seen. Several days go by, and Josh has returned to Gulfport, Alabama, and Mercedes' roommate and her friends and her family are becoming worried because her calls are going straight to voicemail. They reach out to Joshua. Have you seen her? He says he hasn't seen her since she left, walking away from his dad's house in Loosedale, Mississippi. Mercedes' family is completely beside themselves. Why are you just letting us know this now? She's 17, she's a minor, she's in another state. They immediately notify the authorities. Well, at the same time, in Loosedale, Mississippi, a pacifier notices a stench in the air. It's around June of 2015, and it's almost summer, and it's very hot, and it's in the deep south, and so the decomposing body of Mercedes Williamson is already starting to gain an odor to the fact where authorities have been notified. Now, they get out to the crime scene in Loosedale, Mississippi. They still have not identified the body. They still don't even know that this individual is transgendered. But in Gulfport, Alabama, Mercedes' family is reporting her missing. They want to know exactly what is going on, what has happened to their daughter, their sister, their friend. So Gulfport authorities put out a missing person report and they do make a note that Mercedes Williamson is transgendered. They do present missing photos of her pre-transition and doing her gender journey. This also goes over to Lucia, Mississippi, where she was last seen. Well, while that missing persons report is going to Gulfport, from Gulfport to Loosedale in George County, they realize that the decedent in this abandoned field slightly resembles Mercedes Williamson. So they notify Gulfport, Alabama, and Gulfport, Alabama, their police department notifies Mercedes Williamson's family. They do a DNA comparison, and on June 7th of 2015, the DNA confirmed that this was the body of Mercedes Williamson. But how did she get there? What were the results? Now, detectives want to talk to Joshua. It's around June 8th of 2015 when the Loosedale Police Department of Prince County, excuse me, George County, reaches out to Joshua Valium for their official interview with him regarding now the murder of his girlfriend. Because as they've done an autopsy prior to them bringing him in, they have now transported Mercedes' body to the uh, morgue. They've done an autopsy, right? Because they're also comparing DNA. And so they're doing these processes 
prior to interviewing Josh. So when they interview him, they are already coming in with these questions because they already know that she has been murdered and they want to know by whom, considering she was last seen with him. Well, Josh realized that his back was against the wall. He knew the jig was up. And so he decides to come clean. He tells Mississippi authorities that on the day in question, May 30th, 2015, him and Mercedes were off to go and meet his dad. That part is true. But according to him, he had never known that his girlfriend of two months was transgender. And before they got to his dad's home, according to Josh and his interrogation, they begin to finally have sex. According to him, she had stated that she was a virgin. And so when they begin to have sex or getting the act, a process of this, according to him, and like the testimony from the detectives on the scene, Josh discovered that her genitalia did not match what he allegedly thought that she was. He becomes enraged. According to Josh, he snapped. He blacks out. He didn't know exactly what he was going to do in that moment, according to him. He says that it wasn't premeditated, but he knew that being a member of the Latin King gang, and if the secret of Mercedes Williamson's gender identity would get out and exposed, not only in the branch in the South, but all the way to the West Coast, he knew his reputation would be ruined. So, according to Joshua, he conveniently has a hammer underneath his driver's seat. As he has discovered that Mercedes Williamson is a transgender woman, he grabs the hammer and bashes her over the head multiple times. She gets out the car. She's running for her life. She's slightly unconscious, going through the forest, going through this wooded area in this Mississippi backwoods. Josh is chasing her. She's begging him, stop, please. I love you. You love me. That wasn't enough. He catches up to Mercedes and continues to bash her head. And unfortunately, Mercedes succumbed and met her end to a fateful and a hateful homicide. It's so unfortunate when we think about this case because Mercedes Williamson, only 17 years old, in this relationship with a much older man, she loved him, she trusted him, and he goes and he murders her in cold blood. As we continue to go through this case, this case gathered, um, ga- um, gathered a lot of attention. Josh actually made a documentary um, about this murder is um, it's actually part of a series um, that's called Love and Hate. And it talks about how when individuals get together and how this fatal attraction leads to a hateful homicide. And it's really good and it was a very short-lived show. But in the beginning of, because 
this episode um, that I'm referring to of Mercedes Williamson and him murdering her, he prefaces by saying that he kills his girlfriend, but he knows that she's in hell. So even after this, this period of time, and this was around 2019, so four years after the murder when this documentary is released, and he says this on camera. And I wanted to mention this because, again, like I mentioned in episode three of Angie Zapata, they had went later and they interviewed, you know, Alan Andrade, and he said that he did not feel bad for what he did to Angie. And you see the same sentiment here with Joshua Valium, that he did not feel bad for taking his girlfriend's life. But if you think that that was the end of this story, you're wrong. Because Destiny Allen, a friend and roommate of Mercedes Williamson, would go and testify and state that Joshua knew for a fact that Mercedes Williamson was transgendered. She goes in and tells authorities and prosecutors that she had witnessed Joshua and Mercedes intimate, affectionate, multiple times. She also mentioned that Joshua knew of Mercedes' gender identity and what he was trying to do was secure a panic defense. Again, as we're going to see in a lot of these cases, unfortunately, it's not uncommon for the perpetrator to blame the victim by stating that they had no idea or inkling that the individual was trans or gender diverse. And therefore, because they had no idea and upon discovering, they react in such a rage that is inexplicable. Well, that was the buffed by Destiny Allen when she confirmed to authorities that Joshua Valium knew Mercedes Williamson was transgendered. So much to the fact that the couple had actually talked about Mercedes being worried for her safety because of the fact that Joshua was a member of the King, Latin King gang. Both her and Joshua had spoken to Destiny, and this is from Destiny's testimony, and where they talked about this fear of them both being murdered because of the fact that they loved each other and because of the fact that Mercedes Williamson was transgender. There's a photo, and it's online, and you can take a look, but there's a photo of Joshua Valium and Mercedes Williamson with members of the Latin Kings and their girlfriends on the beach in Alabama. So again, if Joshua Valium, according to him, had no idea that Mercedes Williamson was transgendered, then why would you take her around your, your, your community, your dad? Why would you be openly affectionate knowing that she is transgendered? He wanted to use a defense that would ultimately exonerate him for his actions. He wanted to say that he blanked out and blacked out. But the reality of the situation was Joshua began to realize the gravity of his relationship with Mercedes. He loved her, but he knew that sooner or later, 
Someone from the gang would uncover Mercedes Williamson's true gender identity, putting him in jeopardy. And so by doing so, he felt that he needed to go ahead and murder her. And by doing so, he committed such a hateful homicide to this young individual. Josh does ultimately decide to plead guilty. He isn't convicted of a hate crime, but he is convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to over 50 years in prison, which he is currently serving in the Mississippi Department of Corrections. So now, I wanna take a moment and talk about Mercedes Williamson. Mercedes Williamson was born in October of 1997 in Gulfport, Alabama. She had began her transition, her gender journey, around the age of 15, two years prior to her murder. Her family, unfortunately, was not the most supportive, and she ultimately would go and live and couch surf on other individuals um, at their homes. She did have a high school classmate by the name of Destiny Allen that she was really good friends with and who allowed Mercedes to stay with her and her family. Mercedes would also go and stay with other relatives, but she was also close with some family members. She was close with an aunt, and she was even close with some other cousins. So when Mercedes went missing, this very social and vibrant and upbeat teenager who had overcome so much adversity in her life, she was a victim of bullying, especially when she began her transitioning. Remember, this is around 2013 in the Deep South, and so unfortunately at this time for Mercedes, everyone was not welcoming, like we see a little bit more now in 2021. So by 2015, Mercedes is getting ready to conclude her junior year of high school. She's contemplating if she wants to go and become homeschooled, but at the same time with her couch surfing, she did need to make a living. And so again, like so many cases that we know, Mercedes did participate occasionally in sex work to survive. But when she got in a relationship with Joshua Valium, she seemed to put that aside to focus on the relationship with him. A lot of you may be wondering, what was their relationship like? What ultimately caused this man to murder his girlfriend of two months in cold blood. Well, sources have said that Josh and Mercedes actually got along really well. The relationship really seemed to be very kismic. Joshua had been with cisgendered women in the past. He did have a child with one of those women. And despite those relationships not working, he was also close with his mom and his brother. And if you ever get a chance to look at that documentary, you'll see them in that documentary and they talk a little bit about Josh's struggles and um, almost like the sense of like intellectual disability, like Josh wasn't fully aware of things in his life. Like it took him a while to process and comprehend things. So their logic was that he had no idea that Mercedes Williamson was trans. And this also was because of the fact that he had intellectual disabilities. However, as licensed therapists and other behavioral specialists would determine on court, during the trial, during the sentencing, excuse me, 
that Josh was very much of sound mind and body when he committed the hateful homicide of Mercedes Williamson. And so, you know, as we take a look at this case, you know, it really resonates with me so much because of the fact my heart breaks for Mercedes Williamson. She was so looking forward to this opportunity of being able to start her senior year. They said her friend Destiny Allen and her aunt Janice all said that she loved beauty and glamour and she was into fashion and makeup and she really wanted to do makeup as a profession. She also was into like the kind of tomboyish things, if you think of, or the very more um, kind of socially constructed masculine um, activities. She liked dirt bike riding. She liked ATV riding. She was a Southern girl, so she could very much get down and dirty. But at the same time, she was still that Southern belle and very delicate and sweet. Described as lovable and caring, Mercedes could be sometimes impulsive, but at the same time would give you the shirt off her back. When she got into this relationship with 28-year-old Joshua Valium, she had never been in a serious relationship before. She, again, had done some survival sex work, and those relationships were never tangible and certainly not sustainable to the point where they um, turned into monogamous uh, and or a serious monogamous and or serious relationship. And as we could, I want to provide a trigger warning for the upcoming statement. We are going to listen to some interviews from Mercedes Williamson's family and friends. And it's so important to just remember that it's important to remember. And I, and I repeated that because we have to be patient with our loved ones at times. Sometimes I know personally that I too dealt with that um, in the beginning of my transitioning, getting like my grandparents to remember to use the pronoun she, her, hers. So though it's not an excuse, I am just stating that, you know, it's, it takes time for, um, for people. And so, again, I just want to provide a trigger warning um, regarding the interviews. Um, there will be um, some statements, again, from the family and friends, um, including Destiny Allen and Mercedes's mom, um, Janine Wilkins. All of them are going to be talking about, you know, their experience with Mercedes. Um, and that relationship that they had with Josh, that um, Mercedes and Josh had. But they will be um, misgendering and debt naming Mercedes. So I just wanted to provide that trigger warning. So as we take a listen, it's really heartbreaking. And what I want to do is also take a moment and share with you how, again, I mentioned to you her roommate and best friend, Destiny Allen, and what she had to say. And I want you to also hear what other people and had to say regarding the recount of Josh and Mercedes' love story. Michael would talk about him all the time, and he was talking about Josh. 
this guy named Josh Vallum. Every time that I was around Josh, he was just very aggressive and rude, and he wasn't a very happy person, I guess you would say. She didn't say much about him to me, at least, but she had mentioned that she was in a relationship with a boy named Josh, but she didn't really say much about him. I didn't know much about him. I cooked supper for him, and um, he come over all the way from Mobile, and uh, he, and Josh really liked him. They like each other, and uh, and ever since then, for eight and a half months, he uh, he, t he took care of Michael. He bought he bought him stuff. He took him out to eat. Just the whole nine yards. That's like like something that me and my husband do is what him Josh do. I mean, they was hanging out all the time, you know, going everywhere in Mississippi, Baldwin County, and Mobile. She said that she really liked him. She was beginning to love him. It was kind of like she couldn't stop because she loved him so much, but she knew that it was the wrong relationship. But she just couldn't get out of it. I, I, to me, I, I didn't think anything was wrong with him. Josh. Yeah, I didn't know that everything, he was so nice. After a while, we started, we started letting Josh stay with us. But he didn't live with us, he stayed with us, you know, because it was so far to drive. He would spend the night, you know, like with Michael at Jessica White's house. But he knew that Michael was like that. They would, you know, have sex. They I got a picture of it. The... Kiss each other and all that. He knew that Michael was Mercedes and Mercedes was Michael. So I guess he was embarrassed at the fact that he didn't want other people to know that he was like that too. But Josh, he was bisexual, is what it was. He was keeping all that hid from his family. Michael eventually knew about the gang. You know about the gang that he was in, the Latin King gang? Tell me that he would go to like certain meetings with them. And he told me, you know, if they ever found out that they would end up doing something bad to him. And that's what's so heartbreaking, is that it wasn't the Latin King gang that ended up doing something bad to Mercedes Williamson. It was the man that she had fallen in love with. The heartbreaking interviews from her family and her friends, her mother, Jamie Wilkins, her friend, Destiny Allen, all of these individuals who are giving their recounts of Josh and Mercedes' relationship. And the sad thing about this is that Mercedes had began to suspect that her life was in danger. Now, whether it was she felt that it was Josh who was gonna hurt her, we're not sure, but we do know that she did and was in fear of her life from the Latin Kings. And so it was a member of the Latin King that would take her life. And it would be the Latin King that was supposed to love and protect her, Joshua Valium. Joshua's murder garnered so much attention. And when I say Joshua's murder, I don't mean he, him murdered. I mean him committing the murder of Mercedes Williamson. His hateful act towards Mercedes Williamson garnered so much attention that the authorities did decide that they wanted to up the charges to a hate crime. Authorities strongly felt that 
not only was Joshua Valium of sound mind and body, but he was also much, much culpable for a hate crime because of the fact that they had gotten, received evidence that Joshua Valium had intentionally lured Mercedes Williamson to Loosedale, Mississippi to murder her. Authorities discovered that Josh had every intention of that day on May 30th of 2015 of murdering Mercedes. And the only reason why he did not murder her in Gulfport, Alabama, where they lived, was because he wanted to have her body somewhere else. But what he did not realize was when he murdered her in the state of Mississippi and she was from Alabama, that that was now federal. And so Josh's murder became a federal, the murder that he committed to Mercedes Williamson became a federal hate crime. And again, this is a win for the transgender community in terms of visibility and support. This is about six years after the Angie Zapata ruling. So again, to see another case of a young trans woman and trans individual period being supported by their perpetrator being charged with a hate crime is going to be truly pivotal. But we don't want to forget about Mercedes Williamson. We don't want to forget her legacy and what she meant to the community of Alabama and even the community of Mississippi. I found myself relating to Mercedes case in a lot of ways. One, I too am from Alabama, and I began my transition when I was 16, as I mentioned in another episode. So to see this similarity with this girl, even though she was a few years younger than me, it was still just so heartbreaking to think of what her life would be. Had she left, she would be turning 24 this year. And so, you know, when we go and think about these cases of love, and we think about these cases of intimate partner violence, we have to talk about these type of relationships within the trans community. So many times, people often think that intimate partner violence and or domestic violence only occurs in cisgendered heteronormative relationships. But we have to begin to unpack that these relationships, uh, that these type of violence in relationships occur throughout the spectrum. And this was no exception for Mercedes Williamson. Joshua Valium, age 28, knew that Mercedes was a young, vulnerable woman. He also knew that she had, you know, been a sex worker. He knew that her self-esteem was vulnerable. He latched on to that, the fact that she had been bullied. You heard from Mercedes' mother how that they would welcome Josh into their home, how the commute of him going back and forth from Mississippi to Alabama and all of that occasionally would become tiresome. And they open their doors to him. And what does he do? He beats her to death. You know, it's so important to really understand the victimology of Mercedes Williamson. So many times we have to remember these situations that happen these these unfortunate events and oftentimes trans individuals get into relationships with individuals and sometimes they become violent and especially when you're a trans individual who is in a relationship with someone who is cisgendered and you're 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 yearning for that acceptance you're yearning for that approval and mercedes was yearning for that 
like I said, again, if you take a look at that photo online, if, you know, my audience, if you get a, a chance to really take a look, you can see how happy she was, how committed to Josh she was. And you sit here and you, 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 you know, you see her putting her life in risk. She's in this photo with these Latin King gang members and their girlfriends. And the irony is, is that according to some of the Latin King's girlfriends um, who were interviewed anonymously, that they didn't really suspect that Mercedes Williamson could have been trans. But at the same time, there was some kind of rumors about Mercedes circulating. What those rumors were, the girlfriends and wives wouldn't say. Was it because they were suspecting that Mercedes was transgendered? We don't know. But nonetheless, Mercedes was murdered. And this had everything to do with her gender identity. This had everything to do with who she was. And it's just so heartbreaking because she got into this relationship trusting this man, this much older man by 11 years, her senior. And she gets into this relationship with, her, with him and she ultimately loses her life. And so it's really important to just think about you know, this idea of intimate partner violence. What is intimate partner violence? Well, this looks different for a lot of people. In Mercedes Williamson's case, it wasn't necessarily physical violence. Though Josh was never physically violent until the murder, there was still a level of control and dominance that he had over her. And this is a component to intimate partner violence. It's not uncommon for individuals, especially those who are cis men, to get into relationships openly or discreetly with trans women and begin to use their dominance. And it's also not uncommon for trans women in these relationships to want to be very submissive and take these very kind of backseat docile roles. And unfortunately, in Mercedes' case, her inability to speak out and speak up in this case and knowing that, you know, things didn't feel right, like you heard in the interviews from her relatives and loved ones, that she did have this sense that something was wrong. But unfortunately, it could not prevent her hateful homicide. You know, I just think it's so important to just share with you you know, just a statement that Josh made. And I really want you all to hear this. If there is anything in this world that I could take back, it would be that I would give Mercedes her life back. I would actually give my life in exchange for her life because the guilt that I'm living with is so horrible, it's not worth it. I know that I'm secure in my relationship with God, but I don't know that Mercedes was secure. So I have to live with the fact that I killed Mercedes and she's in hell. She's in hell. This contradictory statement, right, that Josh makes. He states that she's in hell, but yet he uses the pronoun she, her, hers, and he refers to her by her name, Mercedes. Joshua, 
this is that was a clip from the documentary and I please um, I encourage you all to take a, a, a listen to it Josh was convicted of a hate crime and he is in federal prison again in the Mississippi detention center did he love Mercedes I would say no you don't chase someone in the woods and beat them severely in the head and leave their body to be consumed in the summer, in the heat. Mercedes Williamson did love Josh. She trusted him and she cared for him. And what did he do? He murdered her. He is now in prison for the rest of his life and he has no chance for parole. In the case of Mercedes Williamson, justice was truly served. But of course, like other cases that we will cover, sometimes the perpetrator will go free. But for this case here, fortunately, that is not the case. So as we prepare to conclude, I just wanna say to Mercedes Williamson, we remember you love Buck. October 5th, 1997, to May 30th, 2015. We remember you, Mercedes Williamson. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever and always. Again, my love, continue to rest on. Thank you all so much again for tuning in to this episode of A Hateful Homicide. Join me next Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time You can check me out on Spotify and other podcast platforms alike. You can even download the podcast app on the Apple Store or Play Store. And you can even locate the Hateful Homicide app there. Yay! It's growing. So I appreciate each and every one of you. You can also follow us on IG at A Hateful Homicide. Like us on Facebook at A Hateful Homicide. Use the hashtags A Hateful Homicide. Hashtag ah. Hashtag say ah, hashtag true crime, hashtag transgender awareness, hashtag suspenseful Saturdays. Again, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. Please continue to share. And I do, do hope that you all are enjoying this. Again, my goal is to continue to raise awareness for the communities, my community, our community, and to give them a voice especially for those who are no longer here. Again, thank you and have a great day. Until next time.